0: Name is the podcast game ken and mila are the unacceptable podcast hello everyone and welcome to the unacceptable podcast this is a special episode today we're joined by leah gazan she's a canadian member of parliament from the new democratic party or ndp representing winnipeg's center Um, we are really excited to have her on because she just put forward a motion, motion 46, which is seeking to extend Canada's emergency response benefit into a guaranteed livable basic income. And as our guests know, we've been, or as our listeners know, we've been talking about that a lot and the CERB. So thank you so much for coming on, Leah. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, so recently Uh, you put forward this motion, would you want to kind of tell us a bit about it and what motivated you to introduce it?
1: Well, you know, first of all, like I represent the third uh, poorest riding uh, in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, certainly the impacts of the pandemic, um, I can see it on the ground in my community where we didn't really have a cushion to begin with as the third poorest riding in the country. Um, you know, I, I have families that are, you know, living in hotel rooms that lost jobs as a result of the pandemic. Uh, several artists in the community who lost their whole income, uh, you know, that they earn over the summer because, of course, all festivals closed down. Um, you know, I have families living in shelter. You know, I met a woman in an encampment um, who became homeless uh, you know, since the start of the pandemic, who's paid into EI, uh, who has, you know, worked, uh, paid her taxes and, uh, you know, meeting her and, and she, she indicated that she had done such. I mean, this whole notion that people are down and out right now because they're lazy is actually completely false. Uh, This pandemic has placed already uh, families and individuals that were already quite uh, vulnerable in terms of, you know, uh, their uh, ability to pay for bills being one paycheck away from being homeless, which is the reality for many uh, Canadians are uh, certainly experiencing uh, uh, a real difficulty right now. We have increasing numbers of people experiencing homelessness for the first time. Um, And the fact that this government, their first bailout uh, was to the uh, oil companies when the pandemic hit. Oil companies. uh, I found abhorrent. You know, it's time that we put people first. It's time that we divest from corporate welfare. It's time that we go after offshore tax havens and stop... Uh, you know, and divest from fossil fuels and stop giving $50 million to MasterCard and $12 million, uh, you know, in, in, to Loblaws to buy fridges. And we need to invest that money um, into, uh, it, into people. This is a charter issue. You know, part of the Canadian charter is to ensure that all individuals in dignity and with human rights this is our obligation as members of Parliament when we took an oath of office to uphold the rule of law, to uphold the Constitution and the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and my motion is just attempting to do just that.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, the, the bailouts... I I feel like they're also just not public knowledge either. Like you really have to search about them and be told about them in these debates. And so, I mean, when you talk about universal basic income or something of this, this kind of uh, bill, I mean, Ken and I were talking about this is that a lot of people who aren't moved on, on the issue or who don't buy into it kind of become more accustomed to it or more soft on it. Once you tell them about, the other things that we're spending money on yeah.
1: well and 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 here's the thing i mean like people talk about well we have to protect uh, workers uh, that are working uh, in the tar sands i'm not saying that this isn't about mm-hmm. workers but i don't know many oil companies uh that are fighting for workers mm-hmm. uh, that are you know taking some of their profits now that people are being laid off and saying hey here i am to look after our family your family Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we, the system is designed in a specific way and we need to change the, the discussion. Like, why aren't we saying, and I've been using this example, oh, those corporate welfare bums spending all our money, drinking cocktails on the beach, <laughs> cannon on their yachts, paid off by my taxpayer dollars. <laughs> That's really what's happening in this country.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then in the meantime. There is growing inequality where people are getting poor and corporations are getting richer and it's enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so are you finding that this support is just confined to your party or have you found any support from um, people who either aren't necessarily NDP supporters or who members of parliament who are in the liberal or conservative parties or green oh, I-
1: yeah, absolutely. And, and I just like to say that human rights should never be a partisan issue. This is a human rights issue. Poverty is a willful human rights violation. And as we've seen since the start of the pandemic, we actually do have the resources. We just lack the political will. Mm-hmm. And uh, I absolutely do have cross-party support. And I also want to mention this isn't my motion. This is the people's motion. This is a movement motion uh, born out of the ideas of groups like Basic Income Manitoba, Basic Income Canada. Senator Kim Pate has done a tremendous uh, amount of work along with many other senators and groups across the country.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: this isn't my idea. So I actually have support, I believe, from all my caucus uh, members on the NDP side. Uh, We have green support. I've gotten green support, uh, Bloc Québécois support. Support. And I know um, members of the Conservative Party, even like Bruce Stanton, uh, are co-hosting the guaranteed uh, income day that will be happening in, in uh, Ottawa in October. Um, you know, and we have lots of support on Senate. Uh, there's over 50 senators that actually support a guaranteed basic livable income because looking after people is good for the economy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's kind of something that's often left out of the debate, too, is like, if you have more money, you're going to spend it, too, and that's going to funnel back. 100%. 100%.
1: And in writings like mine, where the heart and soul of our community is small business, a basic income, ensuring that all people have a basic livable, guaranteed livable income, um, will save local businesses because you can't go out to eat if you have no money, but if we ensure that people have what they need for the essentials uh, to live in dignity, that will also save businesses, grocery stores, restaurants, and uh, many other things.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So. I think you know there are a lot of objections that come from from both the left and the right on basic income yeah. and like you were saying it's 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 not a partisan issue in the sense that it has support from all sides but it also has um a sort of pushback from all sides as well. So I was wondering what you would make of the critique that you know if everybody got a basic income it would just increase uh, like say rent would just go up by that amount yeah. or something like that.
1: Okay. Well, I, I, I'll debunk a couple of myths first. Like there's, okay. there's, a, there's a common myth that if you give people a guaranteed livable basic income, they're going to stop working. Mm-hmm. but we know through research i have to go by research we know through research like we like like that was completed in manitoba way back in the day with the minkum study that people actually continue to work and it actually paid for itself because mental health improved physical health improved crime rates went down so it naturally paid for itself Looking after people is is uh, good economics. Now, some of the, the concerns around basic income I think are really legitimate, which is why paragraph five of motion 46 is so critical, which is that this basic livable income guarantee would be in addition to existing and future government programs and supports. Things like accessible, affordable social housing, Um, you know, there was a lot of pushback in Ontario from the disability community when they did the income study in Ontario, and rightfully so. You know, if you do not roll out a guaranteed livable basic income properly, program properly, you can actually make people poor, which is why paragraph five of my motion is so critical uh, to the motion, which is it has to be in addition to existing and future government uh, supports. It also looks at accounting for regional differences. For example, food in Northern Manitoba is a lot more expensive than for people residing in Winnipeg. Rent in Vancouver is more expensive than rent in, in Saskatoon. It also needs to account for regional differences, but important to that is this motion is inclusive for seniors, for students, Disabled persons, temporary foreign workers, permanent residents, and refugee claimants. And I'll tell you why I felt that it was important, along with others, to put that in there, was if you see what happened in Ontario with migrant workers getting food rations in the middle of COVID, being confined to uh, livable or to to living spaces that didn't allow for social distance, that were subhuman conditions. Uh, where we saw outbreaks of COVID, uh, we as a country have signed on to international and domestic agreements to uphold human rights. We need to protect all individuals that are in this country. Uh, we need to ensure that all people's human rights are met. And we also have to protect people from workers who exploit uh, a particularly temporary uh, um, uh, temporary workers uh, to make sure that they have real choices. And so uh, it's, it's a human rights measure. It's a public health and safety measure, knowing that uh, one of the best deterrents we know from Health, Co- uh, health Canada is, to, is for people to physically distance and to frequently hand wash. That requires a home and clean drinking water. And uh, we need to do whatever we need to do as a country to make sure that people, especially right now during a pandemic, don't lose uh, things in their life that uphold the human rights and dignity of all persons.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Ken, did you want to jump in? Uh, no, I'm, uh, my dog is going nuts right now. So I to actually okay. actually go look at that. Sorry. I have a oh. dog. I totally get it. I have a Yorkie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, okay okay <laughs> sorry one sec <laughs> no no problem i will i will continue this um yeah i mean so i think the most co- you address the most common objection which is about disincentivizing work and i i think what i found interesting is i didn't see that uh, a specific amount specified so it would really be tailored to a region rather yeah, region. than region.
1: Mm-hmm. And and it's not universal for everybody. Like for example, I'm a member of Parliament right now. I don't need a subsidy, an right. income subsidy. But there's many people in my riding that are uh, living well uh, below uh, any sort of measurement of poverty that really do need uh, an income supplement. Uh, Seniors, for example, yeah, sure, they have a guaranteed uh, or an income guarantee with uh, some of the programs like OAS, for example, but it's not livable.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, We need to change that. And I think what we we now know through the pandemic is it is possible. We've lacked the political will. And again, going back, we have ways to pay for it. It's governing is about choices. It's time to divest from fossil fuel industries uh you know bailing bailing out uh corporations like credit cards and laws. we need to tax the ultra rich in this country
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: you know and and uh, make sure that people get what they need to live in dignity and with human rights
0: yeah so 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 logistically speaking would you have a sort of like like economic analysts in each province kind of determine the amount? Yeah, so a motion demonstrates the will of parliament. Certainly
1: my hope is that, you know, people will uh, jump on board with this idea. very important to the idea though, of the motion is paragraph five, which is to, that the income would be in addition to existing and future government uh, programs and supports. And that eventually we w- there would be political will to pass a piece of legislation uh, that would uh, eventually result in a guaranteed livable basic income in, exist- in, ex- in addition to existing programs and supports mm-hmm. by government.
0: So you mentioned that um, like you wouldn't need it or like certain people in the population wouldn't need it. So I guess this would be different than, say, a universal basic income or like a UBI. Uh- Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's different, uh, you know, I know that, uh, you know, the the, the kind of the neoliberal version of a a Mm -hmm. UBI, it's kind of like, we'll give everybody an amount and then we'll get the social safety net and you're responsible for paying for everything, which places the owner onus on people to say, oh, if you can't budget your money, too bad you have no more teeth. So I'm saying I don't. That's not what I'm proposing. At all, what I'm saying is that we need to in this country, a country that has a charter, uh, to that includes ensuring that people can live with dignity and human rights. We need to ensure that everybody has a livable, or guaranteed livable basic income. And mm-hmm. if there's an individual for whatever reason who doesn't have that, then we'll supplement the income because because things aren't about like I hear, y'all just pick yourself up from from your bootstraps. Well, so I don't mm-hmm. want 80 year olds having to go back to work many seniors living in poverty students for example who of no fault of their own were not able to earn an income preventing them to go to school people with severe mental health uh, issues uh, that prevent them from being able uh, to work uh, issues of discrimination particularly impacting disabled persons who you know are often excluded from from uh, jobs on the basis of discrimination alone. These are realities uh, in, in our country, you know? These are realities in our country and we need to find ways to deal with these, these What for whatever reason, inequalities uh, in this country um, to ensure that all people can live with dignity and human rights. And I'm not even talking about First Nations communities
0: mm-hmm. where
1: pe- independent or in single people on EIA are currently living off sometimes $122 every two weeks.
0: Wow. That's you know, nuts. Yeah. Where
1: the cost of water is $125 for, not that I'm saying to buy bottled water, I'm totally not. Please don't buy bottled <laughs> water, It's terrible for the environment. But it costs like over $100 in some places, $14 for a four liter of milk.
0: Oh my we God. Need to,
1: yeah, we need to discuss this. And we need to make sure that people are cared for in this country. We have a legal obligation to uphold human rights and dignity for all.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like, I think that's very intuitive to a lot of people. I can see sort of pushback from like the conservative side of things where people might say, well, no, we don't actually have this obligation. Um, so have you ha- like, have you gotten what to we do, those kind of
1: debates? Well we do have that obligation. Like this okay, isn't yeah. about how I. this isn't about how I feel is what I feel is morally right.
0: Mm-hmm. This is
1: embedded in our constitution. This is better embedded in our charter. This is this is something that we've agreed on it domestically and internationally in terms of abiding by international and domestic legal agreements we have made.
0: Mm-hmm. These are
1: not feelings. These are actually part of our constitution, which includes our charter. So um, we absolutely do have that obligation. And, and, uh, and as members of parliament, when we take an oath, as I indicated, uh, we take an oath to uphold the constitution and the rule of law or to, to uphold the rule of law which means upholding the Constitution, which includes the Charter of Rights and Freedoms.
0: Mm-hmm. So I guess my last question would be, what do you think would be the, the biggest sort of um, barrier or uh, biggest challenge to implementing uh, a livable, guaranteed livable basic income in Canada? Well, I believe in the movement. I come mm-hmm. from the
1: movement. I believe in the movement. Uh, I think people need to, at this juncture, this is the moment. We are in the moment. And, you know, I put out a, a, a petition. I have, I think maybe even over 37,000 signatures at this point or close to mm-hmm. um, in less than three weeks. Uh, people need to contact their MPs. I'm going to give you my website. It's 's slash basic income.
0: Mm-hmm. On the
1: website, you will find the petition. Sign the petition okay yeah uh, you can you leagazanca slash basic income uh if you can click on a tab it'll take you directly um to your member of parliament Send a, a letter to your member of parliament saying that you want this we have a national day of action a uh, planned for september uh, 16th Uh, and there's all sorts of information about the motion you can read the motion there you can watch other interviews I've had Mm -hmm. Uh, you can read Kim Pate's document perspective document um, and you can see all the people that have endorsed so far and if your member of parliament has not endorsed this I would contact them and say can you please endorse this you Mm -hmm. take an oath to uphold the rule of law and that means upholding the constitution and that includes the charter of of rights and freedoms. It's, it's time that all Canadians can live in dignity that is not happening and it needs to happen now.
0: All right. Well, yeah, thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on Leah. That was um, really insightful. Uh, I'm sorry about Ken. He had to leave. He's having a a dog crisis right now. I have a
1: Yorkie. They're like (laughs) children. I'm telling you. The crisis is real. Yes. Yeah,
0: his is very young, um, so I think he's he's had to run after him. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> which is a shame because you know he's the one he, who's very into UBI. I think I was a bit more skeptical of it than. Than him and we had I hope uh, I convinced you <laughs> yeah I think your case is very convincing yeah. my motions
1: my motion was really um it was thought out by people who like people like Sheila Regeer for example Sid mm-hmm. Frankel like really brilliant minds and I think what makes this motion uh, really great is one it's a people's motion
0: mm-hmm. and two
1: it 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 is very clear that it's in addition to the social safety net and and accounts for regional differences and is inclusive.
0: Yeah, I think that's the key point. And like um, from a socialist perspective, my worries before were kind of like, okay, is this going to replace guaranteed programs like Medicare? Hundred like, percent, you know, and it could.
1: Which mm-hmm. is why people need to pay attention and fight for paragraph five of this motion
0: right. to make sure
1: that any sort of guaranteed income is mm-hmm. is not a result of gutting our social safety net. We need to build on that social safety net, especially now.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think you know it's a it's a good it's a strong socialist uh, socialist oriented program. I think from from your perspective that I
1: and as a proud socialist, I would have to agree.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Good. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> um we we don't hear that a lot in canadian politics despite yeah. uh the conservative caricature uh that is often you know i i heard trudeau got called a socialist by andrew Shear the other day and i was wow that was like you know that was offended uh, it was the funniest thing i've ever heard <laughs> i was i was kind of like um <laughs> If only, sir. Uh,
1: but <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a pleasure meeting you, and uh, and keep keep uh, posted on the bill. And if you can, you mm-hmm. know, send that information out. The throne yeah. speech is on the twenty third, and we keep building momentum.
0: We will definitely do that. And so, okay, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Yes. And, uh, and yeah, good luck on the motion. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> bye bye.